This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Get your mans. So Dwayne Haskins got benched. That was the big story this week. I listened to 1067 The Fan a lot. Probably like every day. So they've been talking for about like a week or two about how Ron Rivera wasn't really feeling Dwayne Haskins, especially after that Cleveland game, because they felt like they should have won, and him throwing three interceptions really bothered him. So they had a meeting before the Baltimore game, and I guess it went like this. Look, I'm going to have to play better or we're going to make some changes. He probably said that. Not going to lie, Dwayne Haskins played much better. He did play better against Baltimore, but it didn't matter. He got most of his yards in garbage time, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, It's just that he had some key plays where he took some sacks he wasn't supposed to take. He didn't make the right throws. He made some throws he didn't have to make. And I guess the coaches saw the tape and was like, nah, nah, I'd just rather start. I'd rather start Kyle Allen. I guess we should have seen that coming once he signed Kyle Allen. And no one was really sure Haskins was the guy. So he signed Kyle Allen, and so we knew it was a possibility that he was going to play. The crazy thing is, Haskins being moved to third string. Now, that I didn't expect. That's dang, man. He's pretty much inactive. He's pretty much practice squad now. Third? Alex Smith is second? Really? But then again, we're not in practice. We're not watching film. Dang, man. I mean, it's good for Alex that he could possibly play. I think I think he's getting to playing because I don't think Kyle Allen's that good. He flashed. He flashed last year, and then he just sucked. Oh, my God. Against Washington, I think I watched that game. He was good in the second half because he was behind. But just like Haskins was against Baltimore. But before that, trash. Trash. I don't think he's going to last more than four games. I think, no, I'll give him three. And then they're going to put in Alex Smith. And then Dwayne Haskins is probably going to finish out the season. But, hey, I told y'all after the Eagles game, I said, don't get too happy because the Eagles gave you the game. You were not that good to begin with. The way you got down 17-0, that's how you really are. And they got down 17-0 the next week, too. Matter of fact, most of these games, they are behind. Why y'all get so hyped after the first game? Like, even my mom said every time Redskins win, people get hyped and think they're going to the Super Bowl and they get overconfident, especially if they beat the Cowboys. Mom knew that. Even my mom know that. And she's like, she's just a casual fan. So, I mean, come on, man. Y'all got carried away. I saw through the nonsense. I knew they were going to lose every game from that point forward. Okay, the Cleveland game was the only game I was like, okay, they might win that because I don't know how Baker's going to do. Baker was just okay, but he didn't turn the ball over. That was the key. He didn't turn the ball over, and the pressure wasn't really getting to him. I... And they ran the ball. One thing you cannot do against Cleveland is you cannot let them run the ball. And that's what they did, and that's how they beat Washington. You played into their strengths. You gave them short fields, and you let them run, and it made Baker's job easy. He didn't even throw for 200 yards. Dwayne Haskins should have threw, like, five picks that game. There were, like, two picks that he got lucky. It got, like, knocked out of the receiver's hand, uh, the DB's hands. Yeah, horrible game. And the coaches couldn't get that out of their mind. He never really improved. And now more questions about his work ethic. They said, man, he got to go. He got to go. Now, let's address on Twitter, Miss Hillary Banks. That's her Twitter name. I don't know a real name. Maybe it is Hillary. That's her, that's her Twitter name, at least. Look. She said Dwayne Haskins is better than Wentz. And this is a girl, like, she's one of my favorite Redskins fans to follow. Okay, she's my favorite Washington fan to follow. Her and lovely lady C, and then Grant Paulson, and then Chad Dukes. Those are my favorite Redskins, Washington football team 
Twitter folks that I like to follow. She said Haskins was better than Wentz. I know she has a lot of hot takes. I, I swear to God, like maybe once a week she says something that just gets me like riled up or makes me like turn my head or raise an eyebrow. I'm like, girl, you must be crazy. I was like, you have lost your mind. You have lost your mind. I thought it was crazy. I thought it was preposterous. I was like, oh, she's just being a homer, I guess. But then I looked at the stats. Pro football reference. Compared Wentz and Haskins, I expected to be proven right. And I'm like, oh, my God, these stats are really identical. Like, they're very close. Um, I think they got the same, they got the similar completion percentage. Wentz has seven interceptions. Haskins has three. Haskins has the better passer rating. Uh, Haskins has nine more passing yards. They have the same amount of touchdowns. Like, when I saw that, I was like, what in the hell? This this is scary. Uh, she might be on to something. And yet still, Wentz is better. Even though this is his worst season, clearly, in his entire career, this is his worst season, worse than his rookie season. This is the worst season by far. So I can see why she would say Haskins has been better. And a lot. I guess you could say that statistically. But I still think Wentz is better. And I think people would say the only reason uh, Wentz isn't benched and Haskins is is because A, got a coach that believes in him. B, he has a sorrier backup. Uh, sorry, Jalen Hurts. Like, Jalen Hurts, my man. But he is not ready. He's not ready, and I think Kyle Allen is more NFL ready, and he knows that system better. Jalen Hurts, I don't think, knows the system, knows the Eagles system as well as Kyle Allen knows the Washington system and, and and the rapport with the head coach. So Winch got a longer leash and just beat the Niners and their first place in the division. I still think Wentz is more talented. He's better in the pocket. He has more arm strength. And you just saw what he just did last year. And we got a ton of injuries. Got more injuries than Washington. So the circumstances are different, even though Haskins' stats, I will admit, are slightly better. Okay, because I was going to come on here and I was going to body you, Miss Hillary Banks. I don't know your real name, but that's your Twitter name. (laughs) I was going to body you, but you, okay, you might have a case here. Still, Wentz is better. Wentz is better, and you'll see that play out late in the season. Later in the season, as the season progressed, you'll see why Wentz is better. You'll see why Wentz was drafted higher. You'll see why even in even in uh, Wentz's worst year, you'll see that Haskins can barely touch him. Like, this is the only year you can say, okay, maybe, maybe he got something. Other than that, you look at his body work way better than Haskins. Especially that second year. Oh, my God. Haskins can dream, can only dream of having a season like Carson Wentz had his second season in the league. And even last season, Haskins ain't not, or not, is not bringing Washington into the playoffs with heroics like Carson Wentz did last year. No way. No way. Are you crazy? And even in the game that... Haskins won against Wentz this year. Wentz threw for more yards. He threw for more yards still. I know he threw two interceptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He threw for more yards. He's better in the first half. So, okay, I can see where you're coming from. But at the end of the day, Wentz is better. And at the end of the season, you'll definitely come to that conclusion. Even Washington fans in that reply thread kind of pause like they was like huh i was like nah nah they like nah man i don't think i could say Dwayne haskins is better than Wentz. i wouldn't go that far some washington fans were saying that the statistics are there to back you up but ultimately when you look at it Wentz is better i'm sorry when you look at the film well Wentz is better 
when you look at the body of work, Wentz is better. And then when you look in the future, Wentz is better. Haskins is going to be holding a clipboard for like at least five, six more games. And, and Wentz, you'll see him. I'm about to go over the schedules in a little bit. You're going to see him win, man. You're going to see him win four out of his next six games. At least. At least. Oh, and by the way, the Eagles are on top of the NFC East. They're 1-2-1 and one after that disastrous start. Almost 0-3, really close to 0-3. With Carson Wentz not playing well and playing so bad that you could have people say that Carson, not Carson, that you could have people say that the Wayne Haskins is better than him. People can get away with saying that. That's how bad he's playing. But yet still, he came out with his heroics against the 49ers, how he was escaping sacks and running and and making big-time throws. That, throws. that throw to Travis Fulgham, that is clutch Carson Wentz. That's the Carson Wentz that got the Eagles into the playoffs. I don't know why people picked the 49ers to win that game when all the injuries, no Jimmy G. Are y'all crazy? And their strength is running the ball. The Eagles are good at stopping the run. What What did you think was going to happen? Y'all thought the 49ers was just going to run all over them like they did the Giants and the Jets? The Giants and the Jets are the worst two teams in the league. But yet, y'all use that to justify 49ers over Eagles. Makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. Oh, my God, man. Speaking of the NFC East, the Cowboys' defense is trash. They might have the worst defense in the division. Actually, they do so far. Let's let's see. They've given up the second-most passing TDs. Their bottom half in pass yards allowed. They gave up the second-most rushing yards in the league. They bottom half in receiving yards allowed, and they've given up the most points in the league. 36 game. Worst defense in the league, worst defense in the division, yet somehow they'll be in it in the end because uh, their offense is spectacular. Dak Prescott has been amazing. He, he might be in an MVP race if he can get a defense. <laughs> I mean – it's crazy, and Washington and New York are just not good. So here we go. The defense is worse than I thought. I thought they were going to come back to life against Cleveland because I'm like, uh, Cleveland's the worst offense they played. I was like, Atlanta's offense is amazing or it's pretty good. Well, the Packers had no problem with it. Uh, but nevertheless, they're pretty good. The Rams' offense is pretty good. But the Giants had no problem with their offense. The Seahawks' offense is just as good as the Cowboys. So I was like, okay, you could let that fly. I was like, okay, the offenses were good. But those offenses, the Rams and the Falcons were overrated because you just saw them get handled this week. So maybe the Cowboys' defense really that bad. And then they came out against Cleveland, gave up 49 points, and they let Cleveland run the ball. How many times I got to say this? You cannot let Cleveland run the ball. If you let them run the ball, you will lose. Period. Period. If you let them run the ball, you have to force turnovers. That's how you beat Cleveland. You let them run the ball, you're done. And they let them run the ball, they lost. Anyway, let's um let's compare the Washington football team and Eagles schedule. Let's predict wins and losses for the rest of both teams' schedule. Let's start with the Eagles. The Eagles against Pittsburgh. I know y'all gonna think I'm crazy for this. I got them winning. I feel like they're gonna hang around. The Steelers let teams hang around. They let the Broncos hang around. They let the Giants hang around. The Texans had an early lead on them. Uh, Their defense is really good. Their pass rush is amazing, and we got a uh, messed up offensive line. They'll get to Carson for sure. They'll make him run around. As good of pocket presence that Carson Wentz has, it's gonna he's going to have a tough time. But uh, I think the Eagles will make adjustments. They'll stay in the game, and they'll, they'll steal that one. Baltimore, that would be close, but we'll lose. Uh, Giants at home, they'll win that. Dallas at home, they'll win that. Uh, Bye week. Giants, I think the Giants finally get us. I can't believe I'm saying that. 
I think they finally get us, even though the Eagles are the better team by far. I think they finally still won off us. That's a loss. Uh, because that defense, that defense is solid. That's what Washington's going to have trouble with, that Giants defense. Cleveland should win that, even though it's going to be a tough game at Cleveland. They they should win that. I mean, Cleveland runs the ball. Eagles stop the run. It's going to be a close game, though. It's going to be a close game. I don't think they have any answer for Odell, but it doesn't matter because the Eagles, they have the weapons. They have the personnel to, to at least stick with them. And if they can stop the run, they can maybe keep the offense off the field and make Baker throw. And Baker, when he throw too many times, I love Baker to death, man. But when he throw too many times, it's a recipe for disaster. And that might be one of them games. Uh, Seahawks, they'll find a way to steal that game. At home, should have beat them last year. Not sure how they stopped DJ Metcalf. They probably won't. It doesn't matter. Um, they'll figure out how to win that game. Green Bay and New Orleans, back to back, both losses. They might be able to win the New Orleans game. I think New Orleans is just just too much. Uh, Arizona, that's a win. Got the slightly better team, I believe. Dallas, especially if the Eagles are getting healthy around that time, because all the injuries are happening now. Like if they're getting healthier around that time, look out, Arizona. Dallas probably will lose at Dallas. Playoff race probably will lose. And then you got Washington. That's a W. No way they're losing to Washington twice. No way in hell. Shouldn't have lost the first time. So there you go, 8-7-1 and one for the Eagles. So now let's go to Washington. So they got the Rams this weekend, loss. They got the Giants next weekend. After that, weekend after that, they'll win that. Yeah, they'll, they'll win that. The Cowboys, loss. The Giants will get their revenge, loss. They'll lose to the Lions, too much Matt Stafford. The Bengals, they'll win because they'll pressure uh, Joe Burrow. That line is uh, just... That line won't be able to handle that pass rush. And um, defensively, the Bengals are suspect. So that's a game that Washington can probably get. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I gave him the W on that one. Cowboys lost. Thanksgiving, big loss. Big loss. That, that game is probably over by halftime. Steelers, the first game will be closer. But the second game, over by halftime. Steelers at Pittsburgh lost. San Francisco, Jimmy G back, Mozart back, you lost. Brandon Ayuk will be more mature. Lost. Seattle lost. Too much, too much Russell Wilson. You might have a chance if you can keep that offense off the field because Seattle's defense is worse than the Cowboys somehow. So you might be able to keep Russell Wilson off the field because their defense is so bad. But even then, too much Russell Wilson, you lost. Panthers, they'll win that one for Ron. That's a W. Then I just said you're not beating the Eagles a second time. And so there it is. Congratulations, 4-12. and 12. You think you're going to win the division, you won't. I'm just saying. I just had to bring you back down to earth because I got to keep it real. Your team will win five games at the most. Okay, maybe, maybe six and ten. Maybe. Six and ten is the highest you're going to go. You are a three to six win team. So I don't want to hear too much about the Washington football team winning the NFC East. You're not going to win it from three to six wins. Maybe you'll win with six. Maybe. But y'all overestimating... The struggles are the Eagles and the Cowboys. They'll be fine. You won't be. All right. So uh, let's move on. Let's get to the Sooner Schooner. So OU lost twice. OU lost twice. Wow. Wow. Um, I said I was editing the last episode that... Got delayed because, well, my laptop charger was out. So that release got delayed. I will get that out today sometime. 
But I said we cannot take Kansas State lightly. They got confidence from last year. And I looked at the Arkansas State highlights, and they didn't play all that bad. It's just that they had some unfortunate turnovers. They let Arkansas State hang around and then just decided to stop blocking at the end of the game. I was like, that doesn't mean they're bad. They just played bad. I knew that. Everyone was still saying, I I even said we were going to win, but I I had it as a 14-point victory. I saw a lot of people on Sooner Twitter was like, OU by 21 at minimum, OU by 28, OU by 30, OU by 40. I'm like, what? First of all, I don't trust his defense. Second of all, Kansas State can't be taken lightly. They are better than what y'all think. And I told y'all you need to watch out for Deuce Vaughn, number 22. He was third on the depth chart, yeah. But I saw too much McCaffrey, Darren Sproles in him. And sure enough, he had over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown. He killed us. He is explosive. He didn't do anything in the first half, though. The second half killed. Now, hey, hey, OU had a lead. They were even up 21, I think, in the fourth quarter or the third quarter. Then they collapsed. Wow. I don't know what happened. I know what happened. First of all, yeah, three turnovers. What What the hell? What, what, what the hell is that? And then, all of a sudden, just like Kansas State versus Arkansas State, they stopped blocking for the quarterback. Their pass rush got motivated. They started getting to Spencer Rattler with four-man rushes. And I think that's part of the reason why Spencer Rattler threw that last interception to end the game. Unbelievable. And the defense is playing great until the second half. They start giving up big plays, big chunk plays that just backbreaker plays that just hurt them. I was thinking, okay, maybe they'll rebound against Iowa State. I knew that was going to be a tough game. I was like, I had OU winning by seven. I mean, that was the line. I stuck with the line. I I think I had OU 27-20. Well, that game, I think we grabbed the early lead in that game. Kind of had control. Then we lost control. Now it's a back and forth game. I I think where we really lost the game was Brock Purdy. We run a cover zero. He throws a slant. They take it to the house. We lost. That was a touchdown that put them ahead. Wow. Okay, we had a little bit of time to come back. I think we stopped them and we had some time, just like the Kansas State game, and threw another pick. We, I think we ran four verticals. We ran a vertical concept like three, four times in a row. I'm like, come on. I know this is air raid, but, man, switch it up. Do some post. Do some uh, 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 Mills concept. Something. Y'all doing just just verticals. They they manning up. And then Spencer Rattler throws the game-ending interception in the end zone. Now, hey, Rambo did get held. But it should have been a better play call. It should have been a better throw. OU loses again. And, wow, us Sooner fans are stunned. And now we, we've lost hope because we're not used to losing more than one game. We're not used to losing back-to-back games. First time we lost to Iowa State at Iowa State since 1960. First time we lost back-to-back games to K-State since the 90s. First time we started 0-2 in the conference in, in a while. I, I don't know. It's been over a decade. Unbelievable. And now we got Texas. Now we got Texas. Um... <sighs> Man, oh, man. That's going to be a tougher game, even though, honestly, they got some of the same problems. They they don't tackle. They don't defend. I mean, I think their defense is worse than ours somehow. But the, the problem with them is they don't tackle. They don't tackle. They barely cover. I feel like this is going to be a shootout. So let me see. All right. Let's. I, I wrote some things down. So here we go. So, <laughs> that paper. <laughs> All right. The impact players for OU. You got Lil Snake, Spencer Rattler. You got Creed Humphrey, the center. You got uh, Charleston Rambo, Theo Wees. Those are our top two receivers. You got Marvin Mims, who could be an X-Factor. He's He could be a big X-Factor this game, especially 
with that secondary who likes to give up points and likes to miss tackles. Like that could be that could work out great. You got Jalen Redman on defense. You got TJ Pledger, the running back. Uh you got Drake Stoops. Drake Stoops is another X factor. This could be he could get a few catches. He had a I think he had a, a really big catch against Iowa State. He did. Our receivers are key in this game. Uh you got impact players for Texas, of course, Mr. Sam Ellinger, Mr. Fake Tim Tebow, Mr. Heisman candidate, dual threat can run. Uh they they spread you out. I mean, Texas has. If I'm not mistaken, Texas is number 1 in scoring offense and they have the number 12 passing offense. OU is 19 in scoring offense and Tex and has the uh Number two passing off. Like I said, a lot of points. A lot of points. Now, Texas is number 23 in rushing offense because they have this running back named uh, Keontae Ingram. Just, you know, uh, big back. Uh, I, I guess don't have that great breakaway speed because he could have ended the game against TCU. He broke free. He broke free past the safety, yet he got shoestring tackled. And then he fumbles at the one-yard line, and they lose. What? But, hey, man, he's a good balance back. He's someone you got to look out for. And, honestly, that wasn't even a run that he uh, got shoestring tackled in. That was a pass. Like, he ran right up the seam, and he ran for t- – oh, he should have ran for touchdown, but he was just a little bit too slow. Still got to look out for him. Texas has this – First round caliber uh, right tackle, uh, Cosme, I believe, number 52. <laughs> they got a safety named Chris Brown. And I started, I made a Chris Brown joke on Twitter. <laughs> he had a pick against Texas Tech. You got Caden Stearns, NFL prospect. He's a safety as well. You got Joseph Asai, who's 6'4", 245. He's a NFL outside linebacker prospect. You got B.J. Foster, solid. That's it, man. Oh, oh, don't forget their receivers who seem to t- catch touchdowns every game. You got Brennan Eagles, 6'4", 229. You got Joseph Moore, who was suspended last year, so he didn't even get to play. He didn't even get to play against OU last year. But he he's had a nice start. I'm sure he's motivated to come out and continue his decent start to the season. We got to stop all that. Um, look, man, it's going to be a lot of points scored. Texas gets a lot of chunk plays. They get a lot of big plays. Too many times I see, uh, what's this man name? Sam Ellinger. I see him take a read option for 30, 40 yards. I see that too many times. And, of course, in the red zone, he's going to run his little QB power that we couldn't stop two years ago. Uh, it's just going to come down to who wants it more. It's going to be close. I got... Uh, I got OU. Let's try this again. I got OU winning 45-42. I'm sticking to that. I'm sticking to that. 45-42 OU. Of course, to get ready for OU Texas, I do a little Bevo bash that, you know, I got introduced to when I was at OU, when I was a student at OU. Um, what's the name? UPB used to do a Bevo bash used to be out in the union yard and they served up some nice burgers and they were always good <laughs> and the calf the calf uh couch cafeteria they always serve longhorn steak or whatever whatever that is that big hunk of meat that big hunk of meat at, at couch cafeteria they slice it and they serve it and I was just killing it every time. I think I went for seconds every time they served. So last year I had some steak, uh, put some steak on the grill. That was really good, uh, different cuts of steak. Uh, this year I got some more steak, and I'm probably going to make it maybe today, probably tomorrow, most likely tomorrow. That's what it's looking like. And then I'm going to get me a nice burger today. Bevo Bash, man. Got to gotta eat the gotta eat the cow bro <laughs> just like they're gonna eat them on Saturday boomer 
soon. Let's get it. All right, all right. Now I got to hop off the Sooner Schooner and talk about the NBA Finals. LeBron James. LeBron James. King James. I'm here to tell you right now. He's going to be a champion by the time I put this episode out. Most likely. Or right before. Or right after I put this out. If I'm on my grizzly, we'll see. LeBron James. And, of course, the GOAT talk have gotten louder because the Lakers are up 3-1. I guess what I've seen of this series is just that um, after game one, the Lakers blew them out, blew the heat out. Uh, Jimmy Butler had 40 in game three. You just saw that that the Heat have been tougher, have been tougher to, to beat for sure because Jimmy Butler is aggressive. It's aggressive. You got all these shooters. Sure, Drogic is out. Sure, they just got Bam back last game. And they got Duncan Robinson who could shoot. Tyler Hero is a real asset to them. Uh, a rookie who is playing like a superstar already. They got him. <laughs> I like the little snarl he had in game uh, three. <laughs> Jimmy Butler was like, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Because LeBron told him he was in trouble at the quarter one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we get it. You all know all that. All I know is, man, LeBron wins tonight. If they don't win tonight, they will for certain win on Sunday. This series is over by Sunday. The Lakers will be champs. And I love it. I love LeBron James. I love how he plays. The GOAT conversation is going to get louder. It's already loud. The the never-ending Jordan versus LeBron debate. When I started this show, I said from day one, I think LeBron and MJ are pretty much even. Like, I can't really decide who's best. Like, different eras, similar numbers. LeBron played a little longer, so he he gets that benefit. I mean, Jordan got the titles. He scored more. And LeBron's just just have better overall stats. He has four titles and three with three different teams. That I mean the accolades that LeBron has and he already passed Jordan in scoring even though uh, Jordan has higher points per game average. Man, it's hard for me to say LeBron's a goat, but he is definitely making this interesting and all people are already saying he's the goat. They don't even need to see a fourth title. But, man, oh, my God, even Michael Jordan is releasing, once again, Michael Jordan to the max on IMAX again this weekend. I've seen that movie at least 20 times. I've seen that movie a lot, so I don't need to see it again. But he's re-releasing it. He just gives subtle hints that, hey, don't forget, I'm the greatest. Don't forget about me. That's why The Last Dance came out. Don't forget about me. The louder the GOAT conversation gets, the more you're going to see Jordan make moves and make plays behind the scenes. He's competitive. You got to you gotta be able to empathize with that, the competitive drive that Jordan had. That's what got him so far. This debate is going to go on to the end of time, which made me wonder, is the GOAT conversation overblown is it a generational thing because i feel like there's that one player every generation that you say oh man this was the greatest player of all time bill russell then you had wilt then you had kareem then you had magic and burt then you had jordan then you had lebron who's next i feel like the the next person that's going to be in the goat conversation is either a kid right now or they're not even born. And they're going to they're going to they're going to challenge LeBron and Michael one day. I that's just how basketball works. You always see that once in a generation player and LeBron is that player. Listen, the next person that's going to be in the GOAT conversation ain't in the league right now, bro. Giannis no. KD get injured too much. Even though he he deserves more respect, but he get injured too much. And he's going to retire before we can ever challenge LeBron and Michael or even Kobe. It's a generational thing. I think the GOAT conversation is never going to end, and it's gener- and it depends on generations. Just saying. Just saying. So now let's get some quick takes off. Let's see. So 
someone on Twitter was like, what would it take to get Dak Prescott to the Redskins? He had uh, Dak Prescott in Redskins gear or Washington football gear. I was like, that is blasphemy. (laughs) But that got me thinking, what would it take? I think realistically, this is what it would take. This is what it would take. The Redskins or Washington, it's hard to get rid of that Redskins tag. So Washington would have to trade Chase Young, first round pick this year, First round next year, probably next year, and probably a year after that. Trade the second round pick this year and maybe second round pick next year. I say they have to trade two first rounds, two second rounds, and Chase Young to get Dak Prescott. That's probably what they'd have to do to get Dak Prescott. But even then, I don't think either team would do that. I don't think so. But it was cool to think about. So Joy Taylor's getting thicker and she cut off all her hair. Is that supposed to be a bad thing? Like some guys are really like busting her chops about this on her Twitter. And I'm like, this is supposed to be a bad thing? She she looks good regardless, but she really, really look good now. She got thicker and the short hair looks good on her and she got cute cute face. Like, come on. This is a non-issue. And I and I'm happy that she's getting thicker, and that that's just great. It just might make me simp a little harder. <laughs> okay, Ben Olsen got fired or stepped down. Man, whatever. The point is, outside of 2014, where we were like top of the MLS, and then we we kind of had a shaky second half of the season and ended up fourth and lost in the first round. Other than the second half of 2014 and two years of Wayne Rooney, DC United has been trash. And people have been called for Mr. Olsen's job. Now, when I was working in a ticket office, I met his parents. They were really nice. But it's like, bro, I, I guess it's time for a change. You know what I'm saying? Let's see what someone else can do. I, I must thank Ben Olsen for all he did for DC United, all he's done for DC United as a player and a coach. And I guess he'll be a GM or in the front office. So we thank you for that. Thank you for pretty much being the face of DC United. Gratitude. But I guess it's time to move on and see what we got and whatever f- fresh face that comes in. Because we got to ch- turn this around. Because if it wasn't for Wayne Rooney... He probably would have left two years ago. So now Hendrick Lundquist is the new goalie for the Capitals. Hope B's contract ran out. They're not going to resign him. So they sign Hendrick Lundquist, who has killed the Capitals for like a decade. Tongue, tongue twister. He has killed the Capitals for like a decade, and now he is one. I can't, can't stand him. Can't stand him. Couldn't stand him. Now he's with us. This is like Hunter Strickland. Couldn't stand him. Became a national. Love him. Loved him. This is the same thing. Let's just hope whatever he got left does well for for the Capitals. And we can get one more title run out of Ovechkin, him, Carlson, Oshie. This group is getting old, okay? So let's get one more title run together. And then they can ride off into the sunset, and then we can rebuild. This is a move that says we got to win next year, or we probably we got to win within this year or next year, or we just got to rebuild. All right, just saying. I, I like the move, man. I actually love the move. Let's get it. Seattle Storm won the WNBA Finals. Shock. No, actually, it's not shocking at all. I watched like a few minutes of game one, saw Seattle was blowing out Las Vegas, and was like, this is going to be a sweep. I didn't even need to watch the next two games. I knew the Aces were going to get a spanking, and that's what they. That's what happened. They got spanked. They barely beat Connecticut Sun. Connecticut Sun gave them a lot of problems, and if it wasn't for Asia Wilson's heroics and angel mccautry having a really good i think it was game three or four game four they're not even in the finals so seattle wasn't playing whooped that butt beat them 3-0 brianna stewart climbing back in the goat conversation i think she 
She was out a whole year because she got injured last year and Sue Bird too. They probably looked at the Mystics and the Aces and all these teams like, man, that should be us. And they worked their tails off to get back, and they had a hell of a uh, they had a hell of a season in the bubble, and they're champions again. And now we're wondering, like, are they going to do it again next year too? I don't know because the Mystics get Deladon back, get Tina Charles back, get Natasha Cloud back, get Ariel Atkins back, and who knows? They might draft somebody who's really dope, and then you'll really be in trouble. And we get Misaman, and oh my God. They'll be back, okay? The Mystics will be back. The Aces will be back with Liz Cambage. They made the finals number one seed without Liz Cambage and Kelsey Plum. Well, maybe Kelsey Plum maybe not be that that much of a factor, but Cambage and Asia Wilson, they're probably the early favorites to win next year. It's probably going to be Aces versus Mystics next year unless – Stewie, Brianna Stewart goes off and goes ham, which she might. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, we'll see. Congrats to the Storm. Not surprised at all. Uh, I knew Aces didn't have a chance after game one. So, let's go to make this make sense. Um, Let's see. Oh, my God. That might be the wrong one. I think the biggest odds is, like, Bengals and Ravens. That was, like, a 13-point line, like, the Ravens are a 13-point favorite against the Bengals. So how the Bengals can win that? Well, they got a good passing attack. They may have a shaky offensive line that won't be able to that won't be able to stop that pass rush of the Ravens. But their offense puts up points. They can run the ball. Um, defensively, if they can just hang in there with Lamar Jackson, they can make this a shootout. They can make this a shootout, a close game. And all of the Bengals' games have been close so far. So I know it looks like a mismatch on paper. But I'm telling you, the Bengals will be in it. Trust me. And I'm looking at it now. Okay, that is the highest line by far. Yeah, by far. 13. Yeah, Baltimore, 13-point favorites. How the Bengals can win? Um... Basically, keep doing what you're doing and try your best to slow down Lamar Jackson. And, yeah, protect protect um, Burrow as much as you can. And you got a decent running attack, too. You use that. Keep, keep Lamar Jackson off the field, and you can win. So far, make this make sense. The underdog has been 0-2, and they've lost by double digits. Both games. This game, um, the Bengals have a good chance, but I don't think they're going to win. Will they get under 13? Yeah, I think so. Because all their games have been one-score games. So I expect them definitely to be under that point spread, even though on paper it looks like a complete mismatch. Now let's get it. The KBO. The KBO. Time for a KBO update. Um, When I looked at the stats not too long ago, bruh. The KT Wiz. KT Wiz is in second place now. How in the world? Like most of the season, KT Wiz have been fifth place, sixth place. I think the time I looked before yesterday, they were like third or fourth. They were like fourth or fifth. No, they was like fourth. Now they're in second by a game over LG Twins, which surprised too. They're number three. They're tied with Kiwoom, who's number four. Dusan's number five. It's 20 games left. Dusan has the last playoff spot by three and a half games. Remember, I said Dusan was the second best team. I thought they were going to the Korean series for sure. Now they're the fifth best team, and I'm like, they have to win two straight games to even advance in the playoffs. They have to beat, which looked like Kiwoom, who would be a tough matchup for them, twice. They have to beat Kiwoom twice to advance in the playoffs. 20 games left. That's probably going to be the matchup. No, I think honestly, it'll be it'll be um I think it's going to be LG and Dusan. I think Kiwoom leapfrogs LG and they get a bye and it'll be Kiwoom and it'll be 
LG and Deuce on in a, a wild card series where all LG would have to do is win once and they got it. Well, well, only a game separates these guys and there's still 20 games left. So they might, um, they might like switch places. This was supposed to be the last weekend, but there's so many, um, makeup games that they're going into November. That's because I noticed it rains like hell in South Korea. So that's probably why all these makeup games are happening. Don't worry. At the end of the day, no matter what KT Wiz is doing, at the end of the day, I still got NC Dinos and Key Womb. Now I do. Uh, NC Dinos and Key Womb in the Korean series. Now, the role will be a little tougher for Key Womb because they're sliding back a little bit. But I, I truly believe that they'll they'll be they'll beat KT. They'll beat LG. They're just better. I, I just truly believe that they're better. But we'll see. I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong because things be, be changing, you know what I'm saying? But playoff, the, the playoff race is tightening, and it looked like the picture is becoming a little bit clearer with the top five. It looks like the six, seven, and eight are done. It looks like. They're falling out of it. And then the last two, they've been garbage the whole year. Don't even worry about them in the playoffs. They're, they're not going to beat it. <laughs> so, hey, we will see. We will see. Mel Rojas Jr. Mel Rojas Jr. has 42 home runs. He's still leading in home runs. He's having a hell of a year. I mean, no wonder why they're second. They're second in KBO now. It, it makes sense because he's been going off the entire season. All right, now it's time for the hypothetical game of the episode. Got the 2000 Sooners versus the 05 Longhorns. Big, hey, Red River Shootout edition of the hypothetical game of the week. Of course, see, I use what if sports just to be fair, because if I didn't, I was going to be biased because there's no way in hell I believe in my heart. That well, okay, maybe I do a little bit. That the 2000 Sooners will lose to the 05 Longhorns, even though on paper I knew that Longhorns are the better team on paper. But I just refuse to believe that those guys will lose. I I, I refuse to say that. I refuse to say that out my mouth. If I was you know imagining a scenario where they play, but that's why I got what a sports to make it to make it fair to make it fair so i plugged in the matchup on what of sports and it was pretty good so opening drive texas waste no time i mean come on they had the best offense in the country their their season they won a the championship seven nothing texas unfortunately that was uh Vince Young, eight-yard pass to Lyman Swede. Texas gets a field goal later in the quarter. Uh, both teams shut each other out in the second quarter, so halftime. Texas goes into the locker room, 10-0. Then OU continues to shut out Texas, shutting everything down, forcing three and outs. And they get a field goal finally, 10-3 OU. Uh, no, 10-3 Texas. 10-3 Texas. Tim Duncan. They had a kicker named Tim Duncan. See, the older OU fans probably know who Tim Duncan is. I don't. Tim Duncan, the kicker, not the basketball player. That's crazy. OU had a Tim Duncan and a Josh Norman. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, bro. Anyway, back to the game. Uh, Texas start off the fourth quarter with another good drive, but only get a field goal. 13-3 Texas. So then they go back and forth. Big defensive game. This is a great defensive game. Uh, Curtis Fagan, 66-yard touchdown pass from Josh Heupel. He ran a deep post, split the safeties, ran past them both, touchdown. It was amazing. We loved it. So it's 13-10. We got a game now. We got a game now. So after, so after OU uh, gets stuck, two more drives. Trying to come back, failing. Uh, Texas gets the ball back with two minutes to go. They melt the clock, and they get down. They get down to, like, the 20-yard line, and they kick a field goal. 
They kick a field goal to ice the game with 27 seconds left. Of course, OU tried to return the ball, and then they tried to Hail Mary, and it just didn't work. Texas held on, unfortunately, 16-10. Some stats, uh, Texas rushed for 116, OU for 67. Surprise, man. These are two really good offenses, but I guess two really good defenses, too. So the defense has won out this game. Vince Young only had 12 yards rushing. Jamal Charles, 58. Quentin Griffin, 40 on 18 carries. Uh, Curtis Fagan was the player of the game with three catches, 86 yards, and that amazing 66-yard touchdown catch. So then, so JT Thatcher had an interception. Rocky Kalmus had three sacks. My man. <laughs> Michael Huff had an interception. Aaron Ross had an interception. Josh Heupel was 18 for 31, 286, a touchdown, two interceptions. This team, 2,000 Sooners, shut down one of the best offensive teams I've ever seen on paper. Uh, Vince Young, 11 for 15, 126, one touchdown, one interception. Now some, some background stats. So OU was fifth in opponents' points per game, 14. Ninth in points per game themselves on offense, 37. So they were 7th in team defense, 7th in team offense. Texas was 9th in team defense, number 1 in team offense with a whopping 50 points a game. That is insane. That is like 2019 LSU type shit. They were incredible, and the 2000 Sooners in this hypothetical game of the episode shut them down. You got to, I mean, you got to tip their caps. I'll take it. I'll take that moral victory. They were number nine in opponents' points per game. They were only under 400 yards of total offense twice the entire season. They were 13-0. and So that's how crazy that Texas team was. And 2000, oh, you had them. They had them. But they came up short. And that is a hypothetical game of the episode and the end of the episode. So, hey, I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Goat Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.